Stats from 2021 show that employees spent on average daily one hour on social media. It's no wonder then that time management is becoming an increasingly powerful tool in the world of productivity. How can you do anything useful if you cannot manage your most valuable resource, you and your time? However, there's something very profound going on in the principle of time management that perhaps we're missing. Let's delve a little deeper. Welcome to The Lion and the Axe, where we explore two modes of Jewish leadership, and presently we're exploring the life of the biblical Joseph. And through the lens of the lifetime of Joseph, we learn a deeper principle surrounding time management and productivity in, productivity in general. Joseph personified something very profound. Joseph stood above his circumstances. So here's the deal. When we think about time as a finite resource and we think of our circumstances, the job we need to get done as a, a linear thinking kind of process. We have so much to do, so much time to do it. Either we need to cut out some of the things to do, we need to increase the time, we need to focus, we need to plan, we need to prioritize, we need to execute, we need to figure this thing out. We need to figure out the mix of ingredients. It's like making soup. You gotta figure out how much salt to put in and how much pepper and how many carrots. Same with time. You gotta figure out how much time goes into A and how much time goes into B. And you gotta have your priorities straight in order to go through that process. But there's something very profound happening when you do that. And that is you are taking control of your life, not allowing your life to control you. That shift is extremely profound and oftentimes goes unnoticed. We tend to think that our circumstances are set. It's much more natural to look at the world through a fixed mindset. Carol Dweck established the principle of growth mindset. That idea has to do with people. Do you see yourself fixed? Do you see your talents and strengths as something fixed and finite? Or do you see yourself as a work in progress? But the truth is that growth mindset is much broader than that. And it applies to the world at large. What's our perspective on life? What's our perspective on the circumstances before us? The tasks that we need to do the relationships we have, the things that affect us, our world. What's our perspective? Is it as is or perhaps the situation before us is simply the grounds, it's the playing field for us to get to work. And the real work is what you do with that playing field. And when you look at it that way and you get to work in the playing field that's been given to you, the playing field starts to shift and change and new opportunities arise. So going back to our starting point, time management can be seen simply from a mathematical perspective. How much time does it take to do task A? When is, an, when is it an appropriate time to do it? And so on and so forth. But it's much more profound than that. When we manage our time, when we set priorities, we take our circumstances and we use it as a tool to create a reality that we choose to create. The fixed mindset person doesn't choose to create anything. They accept their circumstances as definite and 
binding and limiting and they have no way out of that box that life places them in but when we start to take control we realize that the choice is ours and that today's circumstances are just a playing field today's circumstances don't define reality today's circumstances define where we begin creating the reality we can and must create again today's reality just defines our starting point it just says where we are right now so that we can start our journey and then we must travel to the places to the great places we can travel so that we can become the person that we're meant to be and that we can accomplish what we're meant to accomplish in the world that's something that joseph personifies joseph stands above his circumstances and he looks down so to speak at his life and he's able to mold it to suit his preferences he's able to use it as a springboard to what's further that's why joseph the very name means to add to build because the finite the present is a stepping stone is a springboard for tomorrow for the future the story of joseph and his life in a certain sense as he becomes an adult begins with his interaction with his brothers and joseph does something very interesting jacob's family joseph's brothers are kind of divided into two sections two segments one there are the children of rachel and leah rachel and leah were, were jacob's primary wives and they were the children the daughters of Laban. the other two wives of jacob Billa and Zilpah were maidservants. They were the servants of Rachel and Leah. And then when they ultimately married Jacob, their children within the family structure had somewhat of a secondary status. They were considered the children of the maidservants. Joseph went out of his way to be kind to them, to be compassionate, to be humble before them. But when it came to his brother's who descended, who were children of Rachel and Leah, who were, so to speak, of a higher social standing, Joseph treated them harshly. Joseph brought their wrongdoings, their limitations, their deficiencies, their growth areas before the attention of his father Jacob, something that his brothers didn't appreciate. Joseph sought to be a catalyst for their growth, which we'll get back to soon, and they didn't appreciate it. They thought Joseph was challenging them. Malbim, the great Torah commentator, explains that from the brother's perspective, Joseph's actions seemed to be selfish. It seemed like he felt that he could be haughty, that he could lord over those who were of lesser social status. And so therefore he was compassionate and caring towards the children of the maidservants. In the brother's view, Joseph was doing that because that way he can find his leadership position but with his brothers who were on equal social footing as joseph joseph sought the path of competition and therefore he went and slandered them to his father jacob that was the perspective of joseph's brothers joseph is doing what's convenient to the soft underdog he's acting nicely towards them so that he could be their leader but to those who are in competition he's acting harshly and he's wronging us by slandering us to our father. Malbum explains that the truth couldn't have been further from this view. Joseph was going beyond his comfort zone. 
Joseph was acting compassionately to his brothers who were the underdog because he chose to, not because it was easier. And Joseph stood up to his brothers who were of equal social standing, again, not because it was easier. It would have been much easier to seek to grow and prod the, along the growth of the brothers who were of lesser social status because they maybe would have accepted his leadership. But to them, no, he was humble and soft. To the brothers who he knew he had a difficult job ahead of him in asserting leadership and prodding them along the path of growth, that's where he went out of his comfort zone and chose to get to work. Joseph was looking at his circumstances and choosing deliberately where to focus, where to get to work. He didn't let his circumstances define him. He didn't take the easy, natural way out. He looked at the reality, he decided what was the right course of action, and as uncomfortable as it was, he went to work. That's what Joseph personified, someone who's able to shape reality because they don't see themselves as being defined by their circumstances. They see themselves as having the role of defining reality for themselves and ultimately for others as well. Remember how Joseph stood before his uncle Esau and blocked his mother Rachel, blocked Esau's view of his mother Rachel. He defined reality in a more pure form, not only for himself, but even for his wicked uncle Esau. Even for his wicked uncle, Joseph was able to define reality, not allow the circumstance of Rachel being before Esau's eyes to cause the natural progression of what would happen, which was that Esau would lustfully eye Rachel. Joseph changed that course, not just for self, but for others, not only for others, but even for people who were significantly challenged, Joseph managed to create a better reality for them when he was around. Joseph was a leader, as Drucker writes, who defined reality for others. That was Joseph's role. Joseph is able to focus his action, again, because he sees the circumstance in front of him as the building blocks for tomorrow, which is the same idea as Joseph being able to stay above his circumstances. It's really one concept here. Joseph stands above his, his circumstances, therefore he can see the potential. And therefore he isn't defined by his life circumstances because his life circumstances only define today, Joseph defines tomorrow. So to sum it up, being able to choose means seeing today as a springboard for tomorrow and not seeing today as the reality that you live with, but only as the playing field for your free will choices. Now it's time to get to work. If this reality in front of you is the playing field, then this is where you focus. Don't focus somewhere else. Don't focus on what you'd like reality to look like. Don't focus on what reality might look like tomorrow. No, that's not the point. The point is today, because today is the playing field and today is the springboard for tomorrow. You need to focus on what's in front of you. You need to live in reality. So it's a fascinating paradox. Joseph, who lives above his circumstances, is truly the one who lives within reality. He's most in touch with reality, not detached. He's completely focused and really mindful and living in his circumstances because this is where he needs to get to work. This is where 
Hashem, God, has given him an opportunity to make a difference. And so he's able to accept difficulty. He's able to accept the reality that he's sitting on a wagon heading for slavery in Egypt. And he's calm enough to notice the sweet-smelling spices that the merchants are carrying. He's able to appreciate the good within the hardship because he accepts that today is today. It doesn't mean that today is forever. That's something Joseph teaches us in such a profound, profound way. There's no reason to search for anything other than the reality that you have right in front of you. Now, this principle brings us to the next step, and that is that action is so powerful, and that when we look at our circumstances before we've acted on them, we are seeing only the potential. We're really seeing a false reality, because the true reality is the reality that we will see once we take our action and make and bring it to bear on the circumstance in front of us. That's real reality. There's a beautiful quote from W.H. Murray, who's a climber and a writer, which is often quoted, but I want to read it to you. He writes as follows, Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves as well. All sorts of things occur to help one that never would have otherwise occurred. A whole stream of, of events issue from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and material assistance, which no man could have dreamed would come his way. Whatever you can do or dream you can do, begin it now. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Begin now. Beautiful idea that the circumstances that we have in front of us are again the playing field. Now is the time for focused action. The focused action will change the entire playing field once you begin, once you get going and get to work in the prescribed area where you need to work. Oftentimes, we get to work on what we think reality should look like, on what we'd appreciate reality would look like tomorrow. And then we're frustrated by lack of progress. Focus on today. Focus on where you are now. And then don't forget to get to work on moving it to tomorrow. So there's no contradiction between today and tomorrow. Today builds tomorrow. Circumstances shouldn't be ignored. We shouldn't deny our challenges, but we should see the circumstances as opportunities, not as difficulties. Alongside focused efforts, alongside accepting our circumstances, alongside all of these ideas we've just mentioned is faith. The concept of having faith in the process. Joseph had faith in the process. He had dreams, but more importantly, he had faith in those dreams coming to fruition. We too, we need to have faith in process. We need to know that today we have circumstances that we're going to bring our action to bear on that are going to recreate reality for us. Tomorrow, we come back into our circumstances to a new reality that, has, that is a blend of what was yesterday along with what we applied, along with the action that we brought to bear yesterday. And so now there's a new reality. And then we go again, we get to work. And then 
the third date is a completely brand new reality and this cycle continues and after a while the flywheel effect you start creating momentum things are very very different so don't look at today as the end game don't look at today as definitive don't look at today as limiting today is just the point of beginning i loved a little line i saw on the on the back of his shirt today it said as a fellow was biking and on, on the back of his jersey it said point b get there right now you're at point a get to point b you'll get to point c ultimately you'll turn around you'll have no idea how you even got as far as you got the only reason why was because you never forgot to focus your efforts on the circumstances of today and realize that you're going to be building a tomorrow that will then launch you to the next day and so on and so forth. So begin, get going, don't give up, have faith in the process. Realize that what you see today is only a hint of the potential of tomorrow.